And we live, we live, man. Bad politic in the podcast. What is this like season four, man? I keep coming back with this thing, man. I ain't going nowhere, no time soon. We got a, a good show for y'all, man. A nice panel conversation. Some prominent black men in America, you know what I'm saying? Killing the rhetoric of negativity that uh, spews when it comes to black men in America. But uh, we got a lot to talk about, man, today. If you haven't downloaded the Politic and Broadcasting Network Roku channel, if you have a Roku device, please go to your search bar, enter the Politic and then, man, download the app, check out the content, man. We got podcasts, motivational skin, music videos, you know, uh, artist interviews. We got a little bit of everything in there, man. But, uh, been to bring in my panel and introduce to everybody. I got my boy Ronnie. HNS what's the deal, everybody? What's the deal? What's the deal? Ready to get it in tonight? No, I'm looking sleepy, yeah. but that looks as deceiving. <laughs> got my brody, got my brody, man. How y'all doing out there, man? Ashford Bar, ready to get it in, talk about some powerful, impactful stuff going on in our community. So I hope y'all ready. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I always got my boy Yajiketit, man. He stay working. This boy work ethic on, right here, man. Crazy. Ryan, baby, unleashing that inner lion. Let's get it. That inner lion, I like and that. And I reconnected with my boy, man, Nate. Ran into him working at Amazon about four or five years ago, man. Black yeah, swim coach, man. You don't meet them out there, man. You know, we we different out here. So how how are you doing? Good, good man, good, good, we good, baby. Uh, of America today, man, you know, it's crazy. Black men are still dying. I think it was two days ago, cops shot a man in, in Los Angeles over 20 times. They stopped him on a bicycle and said that he was in a, the bicycle was in code violations. I don't know what kind of code violations you can see from a, to a bicycle. Oh, but this is crazy. The red, the Polish black man is crazy. But let's get to the NBA first, man. So after sitting out one game and, and boycotting, which we thought would last and, and have a way bigger impact, was very short-lived. Within 24 hours, all the players agreed to come back and resume the playoffs. I think the Lakers and the Clippers were the only two teams that decided that voted on not playing the rest of the season and I feel like the boycott was just all for show like that that really didn't do anything if anything it was a uh, more negative because now they know that we, we don't hold no weight and that our word doesn't really stand for anything because at the end of the day we're gonna say one thing and then do another you know what I'm saying so what's your thoughts on the NBA return after one boycott, like, are you guys still watching the playoffs? Are you guys supporting this? 
And as black people, should we support this? Well, I think uh, the whole one day off thing, um, when they when it happened, it's like everybody was like, okay, we're, we're going to cancel game five. The Bucks led it because, you know, it was closer to their hometown. And, of course, you know, everyone else followed. And right instantly, I'm thinking, like, why, when I saw the words postpone and, <laughs> didn't, and didn't see cancel, that was a key word. It's like they postponed it. What the hell is that going to do if you're still going to play the game three days later? So I was like, man, this is weak. I was one of the ones that said they should have never started. So, you know, um, it didn't do anything. It just made us look crazy. It made us look like we're we're on a leash. You know, we 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 say one thing and then you have a meeting and you get everybody else to to change your mind. And um, as far as watching the playoffs, you know, um, it's hard not to watch the playoffs. Being a such a basketball fan and loving the game so much. But no, uh, no, I mean, us not supporting it as 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 a people, I don't think um, that holds more weight than the players. I think the players have more power not playing than us not watching. So it's kind of a hard, sticky situation, but I don't think they should have been never playing in the first place ever since the George Floyd thing. It didn't make no sense to make one murder more important than the other or saying this is the last strike. No, it was the last straw, you know, seven murders ago. So that's my take on it. Man, to piggyback off of that, I, I'm I'm in 100% agreement with y'all. I mean, matter of fact, uh, since the Bucks kick, kicked it off, they, sh- they should have never came back in the first place. They're about to get swept anyway. But that's on another note. Um, it's just <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. What is the point of sitting out one game? You should have just kept playing. Um, my standpoint on it now really is going towards the owners and it's really going hey put your money where your mouth is if you're supposedly about about your black players and black lives and everything how about you sit your team out and if you ain't willing to sit your team out like it really shows where you are and as for for the players it's just at the end of the day man i'm watching it like like Ronnie said, man, I'm watching it because I'm a basketball fan and there ain't nothing else to watch on TV. I'm stuck quarantined, so there ain't nothing else to watch. Um, but it kind of took away it kind of took away that ump when it was we're not playing. And then all of a sudden now you're playing. But then like uh, Caleb said a couple days uh, ago, another black person got killed. You ain't sitting out for that one. Tomorrow, one of us may get killed again. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna be sitting out for that. Like, so what was the point? What is what is this whole point of you preaching Black Lives Matter and everything if you ain't really gonna make a stand? Hit the owners in a pocket. Hit the owners in a pocket, and that's the way I see it. Not me. Hit the owners in the pocket by so not you're watching. Su- your suggestion. Yeah. My suggestion, suggestion is this. My suggestion is, is I say the players shouldn't play because it hits the owners in the pocket. And what I mean by that is ain't nobody going to pay attention to them. The owners aren't going to pay attention to them till they know that, oh, shoot, this really affects me. It's like when we we all have given a dollar to, to the homeless. 
You know what I'm saying? But we ain't never really put ourselves in a homeless person's shoes unless we've been homeless and we really know like, damn, man, this is this is the struggle. So when you hit the owners in a pocket like, oh, shoot. OK, no, they really not going to play. Uh, I, all right. We're going we're going to help make a stance like having this is my opinion, having the NBA go. Um, we're going to make our, our stadium a, a, a voting uh, center. That don't do nothing. Like, okay, you allow people to vote. Okay, cool. We were able to vote last year. We were able to vote the year before that. We've been able to vote. What has that changed? We still getting killed. So just, oh, we support the black players, and we just open up our, our, our stadium to be a voting system. Okay, cool. Now I got a cool place I can go vote at. But it ain't changing nothing. <laughs> like, I, like, hit them in a pocket. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think just piggybacking off uh, what my boy Ronnie said. So, so Asher, you, you're into prison reform. I, 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 go ahead. I think, uh, I think you kind of froze. Think Nate was Still talking. Gone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it froze a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, hey, go ahead, Nate. What happened? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I was piggybacking off what, what Ronnie said. Oh, I, yeah. think, I think the players got more yeah, I'm power. Good. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right, cool. I think the, I think the players have way more power. Yeah, than I hear you. Me. Keep going. Uh, then you know the players have more power than the spectators do so until you know the players kind of have standing ground i think we you know we always going to be in this roundabout circle um trying to you know make a movement and then kind of getting shut down but i think everything that happens in this country you know especially with our people it all can be traced down to the dollar you know what i'm saying so like we really want you know real change real movement you know you got to really follow the money trail you know what i'm saying so you know as long as as long as you know owners are making money you know what i mean no matter what side of the fence they on you know what i'm saying as long as they're making money they're gonna keep making money when you kind of right. cut that off you know that's when people start to you know you get their attention you know what i'm saying and i think that's what that's with anything you know when you're talking about black struggle you know what i'm saying when you when you start you know hurting pockets you know that's when people start paying attention so I think, you know, I, I think it started out, you know, the, the players may have been in an emotional state in, in dealing with what we deal with as black men, you know, them as, as black men in the NBA, you know, so they felt what we felt. But at the same time, their pockets may have been getting hit. You know what I'm saying? So, like, everybody's pockets is getting hit, and that's what's supposed to happen when you, you know, when you, when you, um, when you, when you go into a revolution. It's supposed to, stuff like that's supposed to happen. It's supposed to get rough, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, I think there probably was some disagreement. Some people wanted the, the NBA to, to, to be canceled for the rest, and some people didn't. You know, some people may have been able to handle that financially. Some people may not have. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, you know, until until pockets is hit, you know, like usually in this country, stuff don't move. Facts. Big facts. Um, my, my thought is I, I think – I disagree. Now, I, I heard you mention the word revolution. Black people into the words that we use. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, my bad. Um, 
Yeah, um, I, I guess I was just saying that, you know, I, I kind of disagree a little bit with um, some of the things that the other gentlemen are, are saying on the on the panel. I think that oh. um, I think it was impactful what was done. Do I think that it could have been done better? Do I think that it was a good idea for us to um, change our ideas in the midst of what we were attempting to do? No. Um, I also agree with Ronnie. I think his name was um, regarding that. I don't think that we should have started in the first place. But since we already did start, I think that this was, one, a good segue into showing the amount of power that we have as a people and where we stand in sports. The last time that there was a boycott, I believe, was when Bill Russell did a boycott back in 1961. And at that time, you know, it was a lot of black folks who also um, weren't willing to play. But I think this time what it shows is when you look at the demographic of what took place you know, some years back with Colin Kaepernick and the outrage of him doing a peaceful protest, right? Um, showing solidarity of our folk being killed by police officers and white supremacy. And then you rewind or you fast forward to today, four years later, and we are literally not playing in games and making demands for changes. Um, I think we also have to assess as well, though, the, the medium that we're going through. We are protesting against the NBA. The NBA is not the ones who have wronged us. In, in a lot of ways, I would argue that the NBA is fairly been a pretty progressive uh, sports league in comparison to many other sports leagues, such as the NFL or the MLB um, and things of this nature. So be it that the NBA has been progressive and has given its players a constant platform to be able to speak to the issues and political rights and things of this nature over time and have done that even since, again, like back 1961 with Bill Russell even protesting issues and um, some players not playing, I think that it shows that the NBA is in solidarity with us all the way to the bubble and having Black Lives Matter on their courts. You know, I think that these things make a difference ultimately because the NBA is not going to change policy that is gonna go against um, police officers or the way that we're going about policing or how we're going about um, you know, implementing police reform or if we're gonna abolish police or defunding police. These things, changes take place with people who are in position to make policy. And people who are in position to make policy are people who are fans of sports, right? These people watch basketball, they like basketball. So when you make a protest, now these individuals don't get to enjoy something that they're fans of. Right. Or the owners who I'm sure even have uh, connections with individuals who make policies, they're not going to get to enjoy that. Right. And we are hitting them in the pockets. So when something like that happens and you do it for that day, because granted, it was Milwaukee that led it to Ronnie's point earlier, because this happened in Wisconsin, which Jacob Blake got shot in Wisconsin, which is close to them. But I think. If we go ahead at this point, granted, remember I said from the beginning, I don't think we should have started in the first place. But if we're already here and we're protesting based off of that day because of what we know took place, I don't know if protesting the whole rest of the season actually gets policy change. But I think having protested that day with several other sports, even um, I think the St. Louis game in baseball was not played, too. And there was a couple of other sports that chose to not play that day. I think it does create awareness. Um, I think that it does create shock in the world against what we get to see in white fragility 
of white folks being able to see that we're in solidarity with each other and we take this stuff serious. So I think that it does do some impactful things, but I think it could have been done better. But I do think that it did make some changes, create some uh, some good stuff for us and our people in our community. I would like to see where those changes are. Like, we don't need to create awareness anymore. Everybody already knows what's going on. I think the players, the NBA, when the people say, quote unquote, giving them the platform, these are grown men. These are grown men. They can say whatever they want. Like, you don't need to give me a platform. And I think a lot of people mistakenly, they defend the NBA. This is not just about us getting killed. This is about racial inequality, which is also a big problem other than us getting murdered. The NBA is full of shit. They're like somebody that's going to give you a little something so you can shut up. So the, the salary cap has got high. All these guys are making all this money on basketball. But guess what? Where's our ownership? There is one black owner in the NBA. One black owner. His name is Michael Jordan. And the only reason why he's an owner, because he's Michael Jordan. There are six or seven black coaches. Black coaches get fired so fast, faster than white coaches. It's a proven fact. There's six or seven black coaches in the league where 90% of the stars are black. Who is, who, who is better qualified to coach a team than somebody that played the game at the highest level? There are three or four GMs in, in general managers, general managers and what's the other one? Uh, um, um, two, I forgot the name of the position, but there, there are two, definitely three or four out of 30 teams. The NBA is not innocent here. The NBA is very racist as well, undercover, and no one pays attention to that. Hey, going picking back off of that, uh, speaking of uh, Pelicans were, were a horrible team. Super horrible. Last thing, time I checked, uh, the Pelicans coach is the reason why the Pelicans were even talked about going into the playoffs. Was even is the reason why the Pelicans got better, and he got fired. Like he got fired. Like, and then you got these horrible teams that that got these white coaches, and they've been horrible for a very very long time. They ain't even make the playoffs. They they fine with getting draft picks, and they still got a job. <laughs> exactly. You know, and so it, it's I I just don't I don't see how the impact. I don't see the impact. I see I see a little. I guess I see a little bit of the impact based upon like how my brother was saying about other sports actually stepped in and did the same thing, but. Other than other than that, like where it, it just like sizzled out. And that I think that's what white people and and the whole thing and a lot of people are waiting. They're just waiting for this to sizzle out again. Like, yeah. okay, let them talk, let them let them get it out, <laughs> let them get it out, and then it's just gonna sizzle out. Like then we put it back under the rug. Yeah, and when I when I said what I said, but but they're doing Go ahead. No, it's a, yeah. I don't. I don't think that the NBA was innocent. Yeah, I don't think that the NBA was innocent. I wasn't making those points to say that. I was just saying that there are some changes. I don't think that there isn't any changes. I think that there were some things that were positive that were taken from it. Again, I think that it could have been done better. I think if they wouldn't have did it at all, that would have been way more impactful from the jump. Like, don't even go to the bubble. We protest and this thing all the way through, we're not even going to play. But I think there were some positive things that we could take from it 
be it that we're already here, be it that these decisions were made. Um, to Caleb's point from the beginning, the Lakers and the Clippers were two of the strongest, I would argue, uh, organizations that are being a part of this playoff series were the ones that weren't willing to play at all. And the rest did not want to follow suit. Um, to your point, obviously, given a platform, I think, is a is a term of, I would say, submission for sure. But I think also when you're a part of, unfortunately, um, and this is a part of white supremacy again, when you're a part of organizations or if you're a part of a business or even if you're an employee of a business, regardless of certain, I guess I would say, rules as to what you can say and not say or reveal and not reveal as it relates to that organization, you do have certain things that you have to adhere and abide by. And um, when I say that, I say that to say they're a little bit more liberal than what we see in these other places. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have to let them off the hook. Um, they do have issues with coaches and ownership, for sure. And I think that there could be more diversity and inclusion implemented into these spaces. But I think that um, ultimately, when we're talking about the landscape of discrimination and racism in our country, we have to always assess the current, I guess, the current landscape that we're in and how do we progress and move forward? Because if not, then I think it makes it more challenging to try to figure out, well, if we're always going to be behind and we're focused on, well, this ain't done, this ain't done, and this ain't done, then it's going to be difficult for us to, all right, well, then we got to start somewhere, though. Like, it's not as unfair, for sure, and we don't have enough, but where do we start moving that needle forward? How does, right, what's the right. first step in being able to implement more black coaches? What does that look like? You know, because if we're just trying to get it all at once, I just don't think that it happens, unfortunately. Facts. So, after Luke Walton, Luke Walton throughout 2020, man. So, so after George Floyd, protests broke out in all 50 states. Boycotts, VA ensued after the recent murders of Blake. But real effect had in America is it? Is boycotting, is protesting a waste of time for black people at this point in America? Or is it really bringing forth change? Because information isn't knowledge. Knowledge is firsthand. You have to experience it. Information is something that you can receive from anywhere. So, uh, you know, informing people will never give them the knowledge of what it is to be a black man or woman in America. So it we're focusing on, right. on spreading word and the word and the information, but it will never give them the knowledge of what it is truly like to be black in America. So is it time? Definitely, definitely. It's uh it's definitely a a broad topic. Um I just think that we're we're past um, I, I, I like like my man said. No, no disrespect to my man, but I'm saying, I just have, I don't I don't see the change. I, I I don't see what good it did. What what good it did it do? What good did it do? I haven't seen anything like making awareness. We already know this. This has been happening. The NBA is 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 70 years old. Like why are we just now addressing the issue of black coaches? Luke Walton is a trash coach. He was a trash <laughs> player. He's a trash player. He was garbage. He made the league because of his father. 
he was garbage. There's no way on the world he should have yeah. a job before Mark Jackson or Mike Brown, who's been Mike Brown has been to the finals. So what? He had LeBron. Phil Jackson had Jordan. So what? He made it to the finals. He 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 coached the Lakers to the play. Like he, Mike Brown is not a bad coach. Mark Jackson made the Warriors what they were. And this man can't get a job, but Luke Walton could get jobs back to back. To this is racism in our face, and we just keep ignoring it. Like we start somewhere. We should have been done this. This is old. Like I, I, I know damn well that a lot of these guys have interest in being in ownership. It has to be something that's holding us back from being owners in the NBA. There's no way it's a coincidence that there's one black owner. That's blatant racism. And all the players are black. All the star players are black. Those guys know the game better than Luke Walton and George Carl. George Carl probably never played basketball in his life. Like, come on, like this is this is crazy. How this is more than just about us getting killed, man. This is about total change. <laughs> us not getting killed in the streets by the police. Us having equal opportunity. This is all the same fight. And these things that happen with the bubble and, and speaking out. We could talk about this all day long. Well, we're tired of this and tired of that. And so, okay, what's going to happen next? Like, we could talk about this all day. We've been talking about this for 400 years. Like, something has to be done other than talk. All these guys have, like, like I've been saying for everybody called me crazy, but I've been saying this for, for a long time. And I know it's not as easy as it sounds, but some sacrifices got to be made. I'm getting tired of. I heard one of the NBA players say in the interview, everybody say we shouldn't work, we shouldn't work, but I see everybody else getting up and going to work the next day. If you don't shut your ass up, you got about 50 million in the bank. People got negative account balances out there. It is not the same thing. Stop making that comparison. When are people going to sacrifice? Like, when are those these guys going to stop being afraid? LeVar Ball showed us. LeVar Ball showed us. Now, everybody thought he was crazy for making the league he made, but he's just a small-time dude with small-time money. Imagine if all the guys that were super paid in the NBA put their money together, went and started our own league. We don't need them. I've been saying it. Kyrie old. I've been saying this for years. We could start Mm -hmm. our own league with all the black players, and we got all the power because, like I said, you can get replacement players, but you can't go find another LeBron James. You ain't going to find another James Harden. You ain't going to find another Stephen Curry. You can't – no, you're not going to – if all the black – you're not going to find a white LeBron James. They ain't going to have no choice but to come watch our shit. So that's what I'm saying. That, that's the type of change I think we need to make. Those are the things that our ancestors did and people from the past, they made these sacrifices. Everybody talk, all these basketball players talk about, oh, well, feeding, we got to feed our family. If you don't shut up, you got 70 million in the bank. You can't feed your family off of that? Like, knock it off. You could sacrifice some a salary for this year or next year Agreed. to make some big change for the next generation. I'm tired of these, this shit, man. You feel me? Yeah. Hey, even even with that, man, um freaking what did Patrick Beverly say? Hey, whatever LeBron James says goes. If LeBron James wants to play this year, we're gonna play this year. It don't matter what. And that that just piggybacks off of it it does it put the pressure on LeBron? Yeah, but at this you are the face of the NBA. You are the face of the NBA. At one time, Jordan was the face of the NBA. At one time, Kobe was the face of the NBA. You are now the face of the NBA, and this is what is going on. And LeBron James says, I ain't playing for the NBA anymore. I'm playing for, I don't know, they call it EBA. I don't know, whatever they want to call it. I'm going to play here. You don't think other players are going to follow suit? Other players are going to be, okay, cool, let's go. And then, like how you said, am I going to watch G League basketball, a.k.a. the NBA, or I'm going to watch – EBA with all the stars. I'm going to switch 
to the other side. That's like it's it's the same thing as when we were little kids. Did you watch WWF or <laughs> did you watch WCW? We watched WWF. Why? They got all they had the rock, they had they had nation of domination, they had everybody, you know. So <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Facts, facts, facts. <laughs> Good analogy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that yeah, nobody watched WCW at all. <laughs> At all, ECW, none of that. Hey, <laughs> I ain't trying to see Sting. Go ahead, Nate. Nobody want to see Goldberg. Oh, my mama, oh, my mama. Yeah. So, I'd rather watch Gold Dust. Like, come on now. <laughs> oh shoot! Yeah, oh, no, man. I think I think that's I, you. We see that in every aspect of everything that you know we're struggling right now. And trying to figure out what we should do as a people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that that is it. Like, the moment we get to a point to where we stop asking to be accepted, you know, we stop asking the NBA to accept us and do the right thing, and we just want yeah. our own thing to where we we, we don't have to worry about that. And Thanks. some people that that may rub some people the wrong way. You know, most people that don't look like us, it's gonna rub them the wrong way. But the reality is, man, like I, I I'm at a place. Or I got to stop spending so much energy trying to convince people that they're doing wrong by me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to use that energy to uplift my people. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's where it's needed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so we need we need people like like my boy said. We need people like LeVar Ball. We need people, you know what I'm saying? Like like we need people like Mikey Williams. You know what I'm saying? Somebody would say, you know what? I know I can I can go to any any college I want you to play ball. But you know what? I'm going to go to an HBCU. HBCU. Probably, you know what I mean? Right. Like, we exactly. need, need more people like that that's going to be sacrificed. You know what I mean? And then, mm-hmm. and my 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 thing. Sometimes I even play with play around with the idea. Like, is it really a sacrifice? Like, let's let's think about it for a second. Are you really? Sometimes it's a lie that's being told us that we that we sacrificing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, right. You know, it's for our better good. It's not really a sacrifice at all. You know, sometimes it is. Thank you. Like a, a paycheck. You know what I mean? Maybe a, a financial sacrifice. Yeah, it's selfishness. Is what it is. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think once we get to the point as a people to where we stop, you know, saying, please accept me, accept me, please accept me. You know what I'm saying? And we mm-hmm. can say, like, look, OK, this is what they got going on. This is how they roll. OK, let's come make this over here for my people. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't if you got a problem with it, then you got a problem with it. You just got to watch us do it. You know, and we have too much power. There's too many talented players in the NBA, in college, in sports, period. The sports that we watch, you know, people that look like us, it's too for us to be kind of sit back and. Let them control everything. You know what I mean. So, so yeah. we got to get to that point to we 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 beg for stop begging for acceptance from people who don't want to accept us. Yeah, I believe the NBA yeah. has the largest black dollar in America. I believe that's like a fact. So for sure, yeah, for sure, a hundred percent, a hundred. I believe it, hundred percent. Without even researching, I believe you, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they got a lot of power over there. Um, one thing I wanted to ask y'all though, like to me, so. Some of the demands they asked for, I did think were a little weak. The one I did like, only because it's a large topic right now with the general election coming up. You know, we already are aware that President Trump is attempting to, you know, use some gerrymandering, specifically like packing and cracking, right? So I thought the idea to make these arenas voting places is going to prevent packing and cracking to take place which allows us to have more of a impactful and powerful vote. It's not going to end up the way it did with the Hillary situation where 
we lose votes due to like the legislative issue of not having enough. What are they called? What are those one votes called? I forgot. Um, the ones that take place for delegates or um, not the not the like the general like amount, but what's the other ones called? Does anybody know the name? I forget. Uh, yeah, but um, anyways, those those sort of votes, yeah, the sort of votes that yeah, the caucus, electoral, electoral votes. Yeah, there you go, the electoral votes, right? So this kind of essentially prevents the the packing and cracking of gerrymandering to take place because now you have a large facility in which you're going to get people from you know obviously opposite parties or similar parties to come to one place as opposed to if you don't have enough places to go to, then now you're only gonna have places that have mostly Republican areas and that's where you're gonna go. So now if you're in California, let's say that your voting place was, I don't know, in Calabasas, the closest one. How many black people from LA are gonna drive down there to go to that place? They're not. Right. But all the people that live in Malibu and stuff like that are gonna go vote because it's local. So that's the right. kind of thing that Trump is doing. So having in a place like, you know, the new, the Staples Center, which is right where, not far from Inglewood, which have a lot of our people there. I thought that that was positive, but I do think that their demands could have been a little bit better, you know? Inglewood is actually gentrified now, bro. It's, it's not a yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a lot of us out there no more, man. It's, it's very gentrified. Right. Right, right. I think. I think the NBA's demands were, I mean, I'm glad that they got something. Um, them getting the vote is cool and all. I guess I look at it from the perspective, though. Where does that bring any any change? And what I mean by that is we were able to vote. We were able to vote when Obama was in office. We were able to vote when all these other presidents are in office and everything. But voting doesn't fix racism. Like, and where I live, just, a, I just learned this a couple hours ago. Where I live, if they want something, whether you vote or not, if they want something passed, they're going to pass it anyway. I'm in San Bernardino County. I just heard that in San Bernardino County, they got this new law uh, or this new thing. It's called SB um, um, 145. And one, two, in that, four. yeah, one, two, four, or something like that. Yeah. And in that, it's talking about, I don't know it by heart, four. but it's talking about you able to, uh, a 25 year old, it's okay for a 25 year old to like have sex with a 14 year old. Huh? Yeah, they passing stuff like that, and you don't get to vote on that. Yeah. They're just like, let's, let's just throw this out here, you know? Yeah, it's like some something crazy like that. Like I said, I don't know. All of it, but in that it has like a cause where you can have sex with a minor and 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 not get in trouble or something like that. So so so, oh my bad. I, I was sorry about that. I was wondering what yeah, if they pass that law, are they gonna let those guys off that that, that did that time? Like, what are you saying here? Are you saying it's okay? Are you gonna release those guys that 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 went to jail for that type of shit? Sorry about that. Go ahead. I just had to ask that. Bro, they better I, not. I, like I said, this is yeah, I haven't looked into it, but the, I heard that's that's what it, it it pretty much is. It's talking about yo, if she's fourteen or he's fourteen and you twenty five, it, 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 it's it's like cool now or something along that uh, along that. Sort. And so 
even even when um even when what was it? There was one point in time where we got to vote, and I think California voted against gay marriage and whatever, and they overturned it, and they were like, "No, <laughs> that vote don't count." You know, we want this passed because of X, Y, and Z. So I get the power of being able, like my brother was saying, "Hey, I don't have to. I don't have to drive all the way to like Palmdale to go cast a vote." That's in uh, like an hour or something away. I can go 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes. Cool. I'm going to vote. But I think also that kind of sort of, you know, we can't stop there. We can't stop there. No, we can't, yeah, just, we can't just settle definitely. for that. And no. and for a lot of us, not not anybody on this panel or anything, but for a lot of people that are like, cool, we get to. We get to oh, oh. We get to go vote. Like, no, nah, I don't stop there. That don't that don't. They're gonna pass what they want to pass. You still gotta fight. We still gotta make some noise. Like, we can't just settle for their crumbs and just be cool with mm-hmm. it. Facts. My my only. So the, the thing you're talking was, about, right. it's uh. Hold on, it's uh SB one four five. Articles 41 through 18 pass. So a 21-year-old can have sex with an 11-year-old and not be registered as a registered sex offender. Come on, out of here, man. So that's not like a something we can and vote on. I don't understand. Statewide, no, that's a California. It's, it's already passed. You it's don't already vote on it. That's a California. Oh, oh this passed already. Like, this isn't like a. It just passed. How does that work? It's it's, it's not on the ballot. It's passed. I'm going How does that work? This is law. No, this is law. Out of here. So me I mean, as a 32 year old man, like me as a 32 I mean, year old man, it's law. No, it's it's legal. This is a federal law. This no, is gotta, it's like, only up to it's only up to 21. So as long as 20, no, this is a state law. State, state. The, in okay. California. In California. If you're 21, you can date down to an 11 year old. Bro, come on now, In bro. In California, you like, can date an 11 year old. Well, my daughter is 11, some 21. 21. I let some 21 year old dude try to see my uh, daughter when she's 11. We that's disgusting. Now. He's dead. That's, you already know that. It's, it's a done deal. That's, that's out. Dude. I can't so, even believe that. In America, and, and you know even what? A, this uh, this, this is. All, man. You guys, are you All right. Oh, this is congruent ahead, with, with this congruent with what we've been hearing about. You know, phone, all what'd you say? Oh, this is congruent with what we've been hearing about. You know what's been happening. Uh, the the rumors about the people at the top and uh, you know the America's leaders are, are in this some big pedophile ring. Like this is congruent. We heard about it in the music industry. Rumors and everybody says it's it's uh oh you that you're crazy. You're conspiracy theorists. But this makes sense. The people at the top are passing this. All the sex trap, human sex trafficking, and child sex trafficking, and all that stuff that's going on, it's congruent with what's been going on. They're just trying to make it legal now to where it's just all the way green. So this makes sense why they did that because they're they're the pedophile. So they're they're trying to get a, get rid of the word pedophile. That don't exist anymore. If they're saying that a twenty year old could date an eleven year old, that they mean it's, it, what is it saying to people? People, I, I can't believe people aren't having an outrage about this. Like this is crazy. Yeah. Like an eleven-year-old, probably like eleven-year-old girl. Like I'm just thinking about my daughter, man. Like eleven-year-old girl probably hasn't even hit her puberty yet, 
right. And a 21-year-old man has already hit his puberty. And what most 21-year-old dudes, we were all 21 at one point. What were we looking for? We were trying to get we were trying to get into those draws. Of so you're course. trying to get into 11 year old draws? Like what you need to drink? What can the 11 year old conversation give you as a 21 year old man? Yeah. I can't believe like, it. That's just disgusting. but I think I think it plays into the it plays into they try to distract us with this whole COVID thing. And then they slide in little things under that you ain't paying attention to because you so worried about making sure your mask fit over your face. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. What else we got? What else we got? I'm sorry. All right. Speaking, speaking of COVID, <laughs> so, so the CDC, the CDC came out and said that only 6% of reported COVID deaths were actually due to COVID. <laughs> So, out of how many, I, I don't know the exact number, but I, out of all the deaths they've been record, reporting to media, only 6% of those actually took COVID. So, that basically means that all the news that we've received about this whole thing, because in a lot, we don't know the real, and, and the vaccine is rolled out in October late November, which is like a month away. So it's what kind what type of game is this like an experiment? I feel like we're guinea pigs in an experiment they call in COVID nineteen. Because is this even like a real thing? Six percent out of so ninety ninety four percent of the reported were lot were lies. <laughs> they weren't due to COVID. So then, how have all these people been dying? Well, Are you killing them? Well, that you know, it's like it's, it's it's crazy to think, man. What's y'all thoughts on this? That that right there is is easy. It's easy to pull off. I mean, people we lose people every day. People die every day, and they could just start now. They're paying attention to the deaths, but people die every day, and they're pointing these deaths to COVID nineteen. My uncle who lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, he recently passed. My daddy's brother and um. They said that he had my from my understanding, his daughter has told me that he had the flu and his death was officially, you know, ruled as due, due to COVID-19 and he had the flu. So it's very easy to pull this off when people die every day and just blame it on COVID. I mean, mm. like Caleb said, it is or it is. I, I believe we are under an experiment and, you know, it's nothing new. This has been happening for years. You know, it's ironic that things these things happen on election year. You know, how many of these other diseases have we heard of? The swine flu, uh, the bird flu, uh, uh, all these other West Nile virus, all these other viruses that came through and, and supposedly scared the shit out of people. I believe they tried to do something. Maybe they attempted to because population population is controlled as well. I think it was Bill Gates. Correct me if I'm wrong. That is pushing the, the whole population control agenda. Um. Yeah, it's it's nothing surprised me at this point. I mean, every everything that's happened in this world since the beginning of time, you know, all the way back to the beginning, the you know, Bible days, and, and and further out into America, American history, all the lies that were created, all the the the, the history that we learned are lies, the Black history that was buried, everything that has happened. Does this really surprise anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Nah, I I agree with you. Um, I think 
I mean, to your I, point, this been going not on. At all. Don't surprise me. Yeah, this been going on. Like we have the book, a Med- medical apartheid. You got the Tuskegee studies that took place years ago in m- the military, that were studies on black folks regarding testing of Western medicines, how they will, how we will react to it, essentially making us like guinea pigs um, of Western medicine to see how we work and using our DNA against us, right? These things are happening. All of the COVID cases are taking place in minority communities, mostly minority communities dying from this. It's not in white communities. Even when you go out here in California, if you go right now to Laguna Beach, it's people everywhere with no mask. Like, it's it's crazy. In white communities, the amount of people that do mm-hmm. not have a mask. And when you go to like the hood, everybody got a mask on. Right. Like it's, it's like everybody's being very, very careful. And it's because we already know, to your point, there's, there's one man on this podcast that has a uncle whose death was associated with COVID. That doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, so it's like we have to be very careful because it's pitted against us. I mean, there's so many things that systemic racism that's pitted against us in order for them to continue to keep killing us, whether it's police brutality, whether it's uh, studies like these cases, COVID-19, right? Um, Whether it's like, I mean, just what plan, us using plan B in order for us to have less kids, it's all kind of stuff trying to be, to kill our population off. Facts. Hey, um, I, I on on Thursdays I I usually go on my DM and I pray for people, right? One one of um one of my followers hit me up and he was like, "Hey man, could you pray for me?" And I'm like, "Okay, cool, man. What you need prayer?" He's like, "Yeah, my brother just died." I was like, "Oh shoot, man. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, like if you don't mind, what happened?" He was like, "Man, uh." They said he died of of COVID. And I was like, dang, bro. And he was like, nah, man. He didn't even have COVID. And I was like, what? He was like, he wasn't sick. He didn't have a flu. He didn't have any of that. He died, I think it was because of like diabetes or something like that. His liver failed. But once he died, they they said, oh, it's COVID. He was like, so I just need you to pray for me. Not that he's dead. But every time I hear the word COVID, I know it's a lie. Damn. And, and I'm right. like, oh shoot. Okay. So that that's that's the one thing. I know the COVID is real. It's real. It's real. It may be like the chicken pox. That's how I'm taking it in my head. Cause they say a mask is supposed to protect you, right? Uh, I used to work at 3M Pharmaceuticals. And when I worked at 3M Pharmaceuticals, um, I used to work with the the inhalers. So when you had to clean the inhaler machine, you had to put on this this mask. It looked like a gas mask just to go in there and clean the machine. I was talking to my wife. I was like, you telling me the world's most deadliest flu virus in the world is protected just by a cloth. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't wear that same cloth when I go clean a inhaler machine. And then when I went to a store the other day, it says all guests, it's government 
it's government something something all guests must wear a mask but if you're under two years old you don't have to wear a mask so i looked at my wife again and i was like wait hold up my immune system is better than my son my son is two so my immune system is better than my son's immune system but he don't have to wear a mask and he's fine but i gotta wear a mask and i got a better immune system than him i've been through i've been through a lot more stuff than he has so uh, that's that's, that's my man yeah that's I, I believe the COVID is real i believe people have died from the COVID. i once i got that information from um the guy that's when i started looking into it's like all these deaths are they really COVID, or is it you just dying and they're just going hey let's let's make let's let's keep the people scared hey COVID. you think they would do that to inflate numbers to keep like the fear of the virus around is that is that the purpose i i believe so because i i think at the end of it they're trying I to think it's, the, uh, the narrative i, I think it's I more what nate said I, earlier I follow the money the dollar, the dollar bill man the, the, the dollar bill is on its way out man and they can't just let the country collapse and go under. So they're going to have to con create some type of catastrophe, some type of scenario where when the dollar goes, they can say, look, the pandemic the dollar instead of mishandling money. My was so real is because it's a currency where you can transfer your money to any other currency without the exchange rate. So they made you buy up all the cryptocurrency and then they bought all the cryptocurrency from you so that they can transfer their assets into cryptocurrency so that when the dollar goes out, they can move their money to whatever currency they need to without the exchange rate. It's a money play, man. You always got to follow the money. Shoot. And, it, and would it be in a money play? Who's the biggest money and mafia in the world? Medical. Hey, we about to come out with this vaccine. Y'all gonna need this vaccine. All y'all scared. Let's get this vaccine. Bro. Yeah, right, right. That's right. real. Yeah, I know. Yo, have you seen that they said that they're gonna force people to take it too? Like you could get like there was an article, I think ABC News had dropped saying that yeah. once they do officially have it, in the event that you refuse it, you may be like subjected to like being arrested. Wow. Yeah. Hey. I have I have a personal I have a personal family. Yeah, it's gonna be concentration camps. They already have concentration I have a personal family member, like personal. I like personal family member. I ain't going out the I ain't going out the company or anything. <laughs> but the company that he works for told them that everybody has to get a vaccine when it comes out if they want to um, continue to work for the company. And when I'm talking about company, I'm talking about this is a college. Wow. Yeah, a college. Yeah. The, the, the um, what is it? The union stepped in and the union was like, you can't do that. Okay. You can't force everybody to do that. So right, right. now the union for this college that um, um, my, uh, uh, my family member works for is is going you can't make you can't force people to take a vaccine when that vaccine comes out yeah 
Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I think I think if people if people really thought about like the way you know, you don't even got to be a medical expert. You don't got to you know spend a lot of a lot of time studying school or nursing or anything like you, you could actually nowadays go on Google and actually just learn a little bit about the way our immune system works. If you just learn a little bit the way our immune system works, like everything we are doing literally makes zero sense. And for me, <laughs> what what's what's mine what's what's baffling is you know for me like for a long time i'd say all the way up until like maybe april i was like well you know because i got i got a few friends who are in medical school and a few friends who are doctors already you know what i mean so you know i would ask them and you know i would hear the same thing you know like we're doing this so our our hospitals aren't overloaded we're doing this you know i mean that was my that was my main issue the main issue was we're doing this for an if like so basically i gotta lose my job for an if like we, the hospitals aren't mm. already overloaded. Like, right. nah, mm. man, I got, I got people to feed. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I hate that the hospitals are being overloaded, but that's not my issue. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like that is, that is an issue that we have. We have a hospital infrastructure problem. You know what I mean? So now because we have a hospital infrastructure problem, you're telling me I got to lose my job? Like that, mm. that doesn't, that doesn't register right with me. But the other thing I was thinking about was like, you know, even the doctors, like we have to understand they're trained and they learn to deal with sick people, not to prevent people from becoming sick. Right. That's the way our bodies are made. You know, I believe that's the way God made our bodies. It's like to, you know, to, to feed our to feed ourselves and, to, and the way we do things in everyday life is supposed to be to to live and prevent sickness. It happens sometimes, but that's the way our bodies are built. So when we go to a doctor and say. I have the flu. I, I'm sick. You know what I'm saying? They're supposed to give us prescription and do things like that in order to get us from being sick with, you know, um, preventative, not preventative, but with medicine. But there's a way you can, you know, for most people, not everyone, you can avoid that. You know what I'm saying? By eating healthy, by doing certain things. And my one of my biggest issues me and my wife had is like, there has been no talk. This, this virus is so deadly, so dangerous. It's wreaking havoc. But there is not, not one conversation about mm-hmm. getting people healthy. Not one conversation about about At exercising. All. They want like yep. that's a problem. If it's about so our busy, immune systems and how to boost them. Yep. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, so, we're just wearing a mask. Yeah, exactly. So if this was so, to me, this is the way I would approach. I don't know how anybody else thinks, but this is how I think. If this was so actually deadly, tell you if you get COVID, not to not right. to exercise. Right. I'm thinking we got to hit this thing with all in all angles. We got to wear masks. We got to exercise. We got to we got to do all of that. You know what I'm saying? If it was really this dangerous like they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to hit it from every single angle. If you can't exercise, you can't eat healthy, okay, wear a mask. If you can't, like, but we're going to attack it from every single angle so we can get so we can get rid of this virus. That ain't that ain't it. It's like, put a mask on, stay inside. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I, that's my that's been my biggest issue. Like, if you really think about right. it and just do a little bit of reading, it does not, it makes no sense. No sense. Right. Right. Hey, on a, on a side note, on a side note, I know somebody that had COVID. They text my family and was like, yo, my family came down with COVID. And we're like, cool. Good thing I wasn't hanging out with you. <laughs> um, but they got COVID and I, I monitored them. A couple of days later, I text them and was like, so when you went to the doctor, what did they give you? They were like, <laughs> they, were like they didn't give us nothing. I was yeah. like, what? Okay, okay, cool. A week later, I hit them back up and was like, so did they give you something now? They're like, yeah, 
um, you know, you feel nauseous when you have COVID. So they gave us something for um, being nauseous. The world's deadliest disease. And all they give you is nauseous medication and send you home and tell you to just wait at home for 14 days. That sounds like a flu to me. And, then what, was, yeah. and mm -hmm. then what happened was one of the family members ended up getting an ammonia and everything. And so they were like, oh, they gave them stuff for ammonia and everything uh, and everything like that. And uh, people I were talking to, they were like, yeah, see, they did give them something. No, no, no. They treated the ammonia. Even if the COVID didn't exist, they were giving the same thing that they were giving. They, they're treating the ammonia. They ain't giving you nothing for COVID. You get COVID, you go home, you work, wait 14 days. If you get better, cool. That sounds like a flu. My understanding of the virus is, is that it's similar to like the flu and like a bronchitis because the mucus essentially collects in your lungs, which doesn't allow you to carry as much oxygen and causes inflammation throughout your, um, your lymphatic system and then mm -hmm. ultimately kills you. Um, so if it's like that, to your point, the type of medications that they use to remove mucus from the body is what should, to me, would cure it. But they, they make it sound as if there's nothing they're going to give you. And it's like, you just have to like, your immune system just has to overcome it. And if your immune system isn't strong enough, then essentially you're just going to die. So, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Crazy, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, one thing that Nate pointed out is that, you know, education is training. So when you when the doctors, they're educated because they're trained. So they're just going to go into their education or their training and, and prescribe you medicine because that's what doctors do. And so essentially, you know, what treatment do you really expect when you doctor? They typically just find the first medicine that comes their mind you to whatever that you're there for you're in pain pain okay here's what so as black it's we, we're gonna pay from the lack of knowledge and knowledge is experience so we keep ourselves in these these holes that's why you know i admire nate for being a black swim coach you know what i'm saying or you know what i'm saying Asian reform, you know, what Jaja Keta doing is most of motivational speaking. We we are all stepping out. I'm I'm doing journalism. Ronnie's doing journalism. So we're all stepping out in, in fields where black people don't go because now we have knowledge of fields that we can back to our people. And this is what's going on in this world. People kind of put themselves in this box. And this is why we have no knowledge of what's really going on because we only like to do the thing that black people do. And if you step outside that box and you're not black enough or, or, or you're, you're whitewashed now or you're, you're no longer hood because you're no longer participating in the hood things, but now you stepped outside the box and 
and, and, and gaining real knowledge of the world and experience. So, you know what I'm saying? As black people, we can't just, I know the hood shit fun. Everybody love the hood culture, but we, we got to step out of that box and really see true knowledge in the We've been here and, and understand. But I want to man. And so, one thing that I was listening to a, a KRS One lecture. My 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 stepdad used to always play the sound of the police song, and he was talking about the similarities of overseers on the plantation and officers or the police officers that we have today. And the overseers basically would roam the plantation. Any so-called crime or or any problems that would happen on the plantation, it was the overseer's job to 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 oversee any of these matters. When when you see of uh, slaves getting whipped and slaves being killed and hung, these were the overseers that were doing these and partaking in these matters. This was their job. So now when you see the officer doing modern modern day lynching. Is it really surprising that we just went from the from the overseer to the officer? What are y'all thoughts on this? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think there's been other other people that's been saying it, saying this in different ways. Um, basically, just to sum up what what he's saying is, um, they just found another way to to continue to do what they've been doing forever. Um, you know, the overseers on the plantation, of course, you already know what they were doing. They were, you know, putting the, the house, house, the house niggas against the field niggas. You know, they were putting the, the husband against the wife because they were raping the wives and putting babies in them and having them husbands frustrate them because the, their wife is giving away that thing. But they're not really giving it away. But, you know, it, it they were doing this from the, from the jump, you know, hang, hanging our guys. Our guys were, were, were fighting each other to the death, you know. They have they found another way, you know, they found another way to go ahead and continue do, to do what they've been doing forever. So it, it went from the overseers on a plantation to, you know, something else to now the police. You know, it's, it's all the same people. You know, these are these are their 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 um, great, 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 great people. Now it's the same line of people, same bloodline. Yeah, I, I agree with Ronnie. I mean, we all know, or if we don't know, um, we need to educate ourselves to understand that policing was started from night watches and um, just essentially catching of slaves or runaway slaves. That's why policing was implemented in the first place. It's order to create white terror for people who would attempt to run away from the plantation. So if you have now white terror put in place to people who are going to run away from the plantation and you're creating night watches for those individuals, all the plantations in the area are going to have certain night watches so that even if someone does run away and they try to run away to another place or not too far, then now they're just going to get caught. And this is going to deter slaves from attempting to have revolt. And ultimately, in some areas, it did deter that and it does deter that. And it's the same thing today. We're seeing ourselves constantly killed on social media, on TV, 
which to me causes a lot of traumatic, I mean, post-traumatic slave mentality. It causes trauma for us as black folks because we connect with that. When you see Jacob Blake shot seven times in the back, when you see Ahmaud Arbery gunned down by white supremacists in the street, when you see Trayvon, when you see Tamir Rice shot by police officers, 12 years old, little boy, you know, when you see these things, Sandra Bland, when you see all these things taking place, it's like this, somebody's just punching you in your head constantly. It's creating this mental damage in your mind about your self-identity and who you are. You're constantly reminded. And it's this trauma. And then from there, it creates this tension to know that anytime I'm now driving and a police officer pulls up behind me, I get nervous. I get scared because I think, damn, like I could be doing nothing and I have to make the decision. Am I going to be a queen and slim or am I going to be a hashtag? I'm either going to be labeled as a fugitive because if I try to defend myself and ultimately kill this police officer, when the story drops, it's going to be criminalized you as a black person. It's not going to be self-defense. You're going to be criminalized for the fact that you defended yourself and shot a police officer. And then ultimately become, you know, a story that breaks, like you're the person trying to run away and get away. And then ultimately they're going to kill you or you decide to just get done, gunned down right then and there and become a hashtag. It's like literally a choice. And knowing that choice as a black person, when you go out and you're faced with getting pulled over, that in and of itself is this dichotomy of trying to figure out what am I going to do what, and what would I do? And these are like conversations that we now like actually have to have. Like, what are you going to do? What's going to be your decision? Because the fact that you could know that you can literally not be doing anything and still die. It's crazy. You know, Breonna Taylor, like it's it's insane. You could be doing nothing and just still get killed. You could be running Ahmaud Arbery. You could be running, jogging in your local community. So it it. It's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of mental stress. And they keep watching it and watching it and watching it. And it always is in your feed. It's like you're just creating this thing constantly in your head. It's, it's, it's hard. It's pressure. Hard being a black man in America. Facts. Facts, facts, facts. I was, was going to say something real quick just to piggyback off what Ashford was saying. I think that um, the system, you know, like what created all this trauma, you know, back in the day with the overseer and the slaves and, you know, being it was the system of slavery. And I think that was a really uh, uh, specific and really uh, intentional slavery uh, uh, system that was put in place, you know what I mean, to kind of keep us so much so like if you try to um, do things like learn to read or you, you did anything to um, kind of to gain knowledge about the system so that you can either help yourself out or see what things really were, they put that, you know, to an immediate stop, you know what I mean? And so you fast forward to now, I think that, you know, it's the same idea, but it's a different form. You know, like my brother Rodney said, like, it's, it's a system that's been put in place. As a matter of fact, that same system, you know, is still in place. It's just shifted a little bit. And so I think that, you know, like being a black man, um, for me, and it's even even deeper than even even deeper than, you know, g being killed for not doing absolutely nothing is the fact that like nothing happened. You know, what I'm saying? It's the same way that system was a specific system that was put in place. 
you know, when slavery is around so that the, the master and the overseer, they can do crazy, evil things. And that system allowed them to get away with it. And we had to deal yep. with the trauma of watching them get away with it. And I think that's probably what people don't really understand why we get so worked up, you know, about it, because we have to deal with this system um, that's being put in place that what they deal with and the trauma of that system in 2020. Yep. And, you know, even deeper than my brother getting killed, my sister getting killed, it's a system being put in place to where people you know, don't, who don't look like me can can get away with it. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, you know, to talk about things, the solutions that we got, kind of have to do, we have to really attack that system. Like, you know, I, I'm just as frustrated with the police and, you know, specifically, but to me, the police even is deeper than that. It's a system that's been put in place in this country, this country has been built on. That we have to really like, um, do things. That's why, like people like Frederick Douglass and people like you know, they, where they learned, they educate themselves, and there was so much power in that because they found out about the system. They figured out, well, wait a minute, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and so I think that's kind of one of the things, the solutions. You know, what I'm saying like kind of learning, and even you know, for me, kind of um, directed, directed passion, directed, you know, what I'm saying frustration. You know, where the things that I continue to see as a black man. You know, is kind of, I need to direct that towards the system, even in like my my own career. You know what I'm saying with competitive college swimming. You know what I mean? Like I, I direct that, you know, specifically somewhere. I attempt to at least. You know, I'm not perfect, but I attempt to. So, you know, like that's that's kind of you know just to piggyback off what Ashra was saying. You know, what I mean, as a black man, brother Ronnie was saying just about like the system. But to me, out of all of this, is just that I, I just see a, a glaring system sticking out at us. You know what I mean? And kind of almost taunting us as the same way an overseer would taunt you know, the black man back in the day. You know what I mean? And like how my brother was saying about the system, when you go back and think about the whole police system, what do police do? They put you in, they put you in a prison system, right? And when you go back and look at the history of a prison system, prison systems didn't come about until after... I think it was Abraham Lincoln decided, yo, no more slavery. That's when they really started making these these private these private dells and stuff like that, where these cotton farm these cotton farm masters now became a prison system where the where the slaves they used to be slaves now they free. Now they can just be walking, doing nothing like how we do now. You can be walking, doing nothing, driving in your car, and then they pull you out your car to put you in that system. And when they put them in the system back in the day, it was, hey, you're going to work on my cotton farm. <laughs> this is my. This is a prison. You're in prison for what? What did I do? I don't know. You're just black. We're just gonna, we just need you to go back. Yeah, you're free, but, you know, we're going to put you and it's, it's just a systematic thing. And like how my brother was saying about when you're driving, driving while black, you know what I'm saying? Some reason my hands are just just my skin color is 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 deadly to cops, you know, and I I learned over the years, all the years I've been pulled over and I, I know um family members that are cops, I have friends that are cops and everything like that. And what I have learned and what I have taught people is give yourself a fighter's chance. At the end of the day, give yourself a fighter's chance. And that's what I tell myself every time I got pulled over. 
yo, Yajaketi, are you giving yourself a fighter chance? Uh, you know you weren't speeding. You know your light, your your tail light is not out. But if I pop off at this cop, even though I want to pop off, am I just going to try to just take my ticket? At the end of the day, I'll take my ticket and go home if I can. Sometimes I don't even got that choice. Thank God so far that I'm not. Uh, I haven't been like my brothers and my sisters. But give yourself a a fighter's chance, whatever that is. Like if if. If you feel like running, like as much you want to run, don't run. If 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 if, if you got to you got a narrow, you better become what's is it? The Morgan Freeman of of you being pulled over. You better you better narrate everything that you're doing. Yo, my hands are here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm going in my wallet. Hey, you may still get shot. You know that's just how the system is. You know that's just you. I, I, I remember I got pulled over one time and I was like, shoot, I'm still going to eat this gummy worm. And I put a gummy worm in my mouth and all of a sudden the cop pulled out of nowhere. Boom. Like, yo, what you got in your mouth? And I'm like, yo, bro, I got a gummy worm in my mouth. Damn. And he was like, he was like, yo, don't ever do that again. I was like, damn, I almost died over a gummy worm. But they ain't thinking, they ain't thinking like, De- oh, and thank God that he was a smart enough it, cop not to it. just pull the trigger. I got he a looked. What's up? What do you say? I got a question. So you say give yourself a fighter's chance, and I, I understand that. I understand that. But wh- when you look at history, how long are we going to be able, how long should we do that for? So for the rest of existence, we're just going to have to give ourselves a fighter's chance. That's not reality. We need to change the system and, and, and get some real change because we can't spend the rest of our existence dealing with the cops. Well, hey, whatever you say, Mr. Cop Man, that's not a real reality for us. I, I, I but understand that, what you but mean. You can't, you can't right say that's not a real reality because that is our reality. have to be confronted. Let, let, let me say that. Let me finish my statement, though. But let me finish my statement. That's like, that's like the Nazis after they they killed all the Jews. Said, "Hey, we still Nazis, but we don't we don't want to move like that no more." That's that's like, that's like the KKK saying, "Hey, we still the KKK, but we don't hate niggas no more." That's like that's like the Democrats. I, I ain't even gonna get on the Democrats. But that's like the Democrats really caring about black people. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't expect those organizations to make a real change and not be who they are. Why do you expect the cops coming from overseers, coming from the history of why they existed in the first place to sixty now hundred plus years and something else why they have to be defunded because they come from a background where no is no longer for America, and it's not, you can't erase the history, you can't erase your background. So they come from a, a, a racist background, and that's why the organization is always going to be racist. So um, to answer that, to answer that question, uh, give yourself a fighter chance is for me, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can in my power to make sure I get home to my wife and my kids. 
So if I got to go, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, do I think it's right? No. Do I got to say that to my mama and my daddy? Do I got to go to my mom and dad and be like, yes, sir, yes, ma'am? No, I don't have to do that with them. But, sir, you got to, that is your reality. That is reality. Is it a fair reality? No, but it's never been, it's never been fair to us. So at the end of the day, for me, I'm trying to make it home to my wife and my kids. And, and when, if I do die in the hands of a cop, they ain't going to be able to come back and twist the story around and be like, yo, the brother ran. Yo, the brother, um, the, the brother reached for something. No, he didn't do nothing. He sat there. He did what he got to do. You ain't going to paint the picture like that on, on me. And I get the whole defunding of, of, of the police. But if you defund the police, you know who else gets defunded? Hey, I got I got I got friends and family members, same skin color. They work for the police. So you also defunded other black people that are deciding to work for the police that are doing it the right way. So you defunding something is 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 it's cool and all. But who else hurts out of it? We doing it for for black people. Right. You 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 taking jobs away from other black people. But what are we so, but but you're talking about three percent of the police force, so we're gonna right. take so jobs from three percent of, of the it, police oh, force that so, are black. So we don't we oh, don't do a Robin Hood, take them all, all and So so the three percent of the police, where it might be one percent of black people versus the thirteen percent or close to fifteen percent that's in America. We can't worry about. The one percent that decides to be law enforcement. We have to oh, worry about the betterment of black people as a whole oh, in America. Got it. got it. So we should. So we should. So we 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 should. So if somebody came to you with the job that you work and is like, "Yo, we need to get rid of your job because you you that one percent." That's cool with you. Well, defund the police doesn't mean get rid of the police. <laughs> yes, you know, it's, 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 it, it it it's it's getting rid. It's allocating certain funds to organization. It's it's allocating certain funds to be pushed uh, somewhere else. It's allocating funds elsewhere. It doesn't mean just get rid of the police. I think you know we don't really. That's the wrong thing. I think you know they we have to have them held accountable, and the system exactly. does not want them held accountable. So instead of defunding the police. You know, we need the police within themselves, even the black officers strike. We need you guys to strike. Even the white officers join them strike and say, we're not doing this shit until shit changes. If y'all really want something, they need to start taking away pensions, taking away certain things from them. You know, if they believe it is by individual, which is not. But a lot of those people that believe it's individual, you know, those are some things that can be imp implemented. And as far as I want to touch on to give yourself a fighter's chance, um, you could do everything right. And, that, uh, and, and and it sounds like those people that say, you know, white people that say comply, just comply and you'll be OK. Comply and you'll make it home. That's not true because we've seen so many times where these guys have complied. We've seen 12 year old Tamir Rice get killed with bullet holes within two seconds of the police arriving. This was a 12 year old boy. And the person that called it in said it's a toy gun and they still open fire within two seconds. It don't matter if we comply or not. I'm not kissing no ass. I'm not saying yes, sir. And yet, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm a believing in God. I'm a believe, have my faith and put my hands elsewhere, but I'm not kissing no white man's ass ever. That's just me. And I'm going to say this too. I'm going to say this too. And I actually got to hop off real quick. 
Um, I think, and I understand both things, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna keep it G. You know, like what my boy Ronnie said, it, it's honestly difficult for me to, you know, what I'm saying, steep that low. You know, what I'm saying, I have to kiss up to a to an officer, and so I understand that aspect from it. You know, and I I I try to to talk my you know talk my wife into understanding that it's difficult for me to do something like that. But her aspect, you know, when I think about my daughter. And um, I think about her and just my family, you know what I mean? If something was to happen to me, is everyone wants me just to make it out alive, you know what I'm saying? And and I, I really understand both point of views, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I really don't disagree with either side, you know? I think it's more of a situational si- situation than anything. But I'm going to say this. I think, I do think com- in the moment trying to combat the officer or trying to combat, you know, the thing is kind of, getting away from the system the same way back in the day a slave could not really do anything and sometimes when they attempted you know what i'm saying something we had some you know brave and bold slaves you know would attempt to do something there was consequences so you know the smartest thing to do you know is to really look at the system you know if i if i pop off at a police officer because he disrespected me you know what i'm saying that may have consequences that may take my life you know what i mean i gotta i gotta i have to and my family has to deal with that I'm not saying that I will or I'm not saying that I won't. Honestly, I don't know. It's a situational thing. But I understand both sides. The thing is, we have to think as black men at the system. This police officer that's that's, that's treating me wrong, you know what I'm saying, or even putting me in a situation to where I'm treated wrong, is not the system. You know, he's just a product of the system. I mm. think if we really think about, if we really think about the same way that slave owner wasn't the, the t- entire system, that overseer wasn't the entire system. It was a detailed system that was put in place that gave that overseer power. So mm. when we think about that, we have to really think about it. Like, so I can, mm-hmm. it, it, it helps me, it helps me as a man to like let stuff slide. Like, because at the end of the day, this, this police officer may feel like he has power, but he really doesn't have that much power. Because if I, if I think about like, you know, simple things like my, my taxpayer money pays for um, court cases that like police, you know, police, they have to pay. They have to pay out for police brutality. You know what I'm saying? They, my my taxpayer money pays for that. Like, as we think about the system, like the people profiting off of our people getting beat up and getting killed. Like, there's a there's an actual money trail system that's in place where people, banks, insurances are making money off of this. You know what I mean? No, let alone us having having certain issues. They're making money off of this. So, like, I promise you, if you put your energy into that. You know what I'm saying? And like my brother Ronnie said. As best you can. Sometimes there is no, there is no get out of the situation. Sometimes you know it is what it is. It is. But if there is, you know, as a black man, I have to direct my frustration and energy toward the system, not towards you know this police officer that think he's in a, such a, in a powerful because he's not the system. You know, what I mean, he or she is not the system. Mm-hmm. They're a product of the system. You know what I mean? They're in power because of the system. And so we got to attack that. And I think for me as a man, I can't speak for another man, but for me as a man. If I was in a situation where I had a choice and, I, I, and there was a way out, it helps me to deal with, you know, this police officer talking crazy to me when I don't deserve that. You know what I'm saying? In that moment, you know, because now it's OK for sure. You know, mm-hmm. I'm about to go to, down to the city of San Bernardino. You know what I'm saying? I'm about, to, I'm about to raise hell now. You know what I mean? Because I know this is this. I know what time it is. And I'm actually about to see the intricate details of what's going on with this police department as it relates to my people. You know what I mean? Like that's going to really hit people you know, and hit the, the dollar signs and, and take people out of power. Not necessarily me, you know, getting crazy with this police officer, you know what I'm saying? Because because we having a power struggle as, as two men. Mm. That's well said right there. 
So that's why we need to bring organizations like the Black Panthers. If you know the story of Huey P. Newton, he got his clout and his fame before he started the Black Panthers from shooting a police officer. And the police officer was in the middle of roughhousing another black man, and he defended that black man with his weapon. And this is why Black Panthers used to walk around the streets with their guns, not to, but to police ourselves. We have to police the police. So, so now the police know they can't come in our communities and do our people anyway because the people that's witnessing ain't going to turn on their cell phones. They're going to come out there and actually react and defend. Training day was a, a very powerful scene when they, when they killed Denzel at the end because it was just like, you know what? As a people, we could put a stop to this and, 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 and not let the tyranny reign by, by defending ourselves and actually killing these cops, not from a standpoint of, hey, you pulled me over, queen and slim style, let me defend myself. But, hey, the bystanders that's witnessing this and allowing it to happen. And that's the problem with, with black people that I see is that we all are pulling out our cameras and watching this stuff happen instead of actually defending I know there's been plenty of instances where the police have shot people and people that's got their cameras out have their have a weapon that they can draw their weapon and defend that black man that's about to be murdered by the cops. But instead, they pull out their cell phone. It's all about mentality, man. And the mentality of, of black people in America has to change. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be the first to say I am not going to pull out a gun and go shoot a police if somebody is if somebody's being. If I have a, if I have a legal weapon, if I have a legal weapon and I notice that the cops are doing something illegal to another black man, it's my right as a black man to defend that black man, and this Hell is why no, they can do that. To no, no, it's not. And they can't do you're that going, to any other race. If you come, if you go in a, if you go in the Asian community. And you try to do that to an Asian man, the Asians are going to come out and defend their people. You go into a Latino community, the Latinos are coming out and defending their people. We don't defend hey. our own. Hey, I'm, I'm saying like we this. If, if, if a cop is, the, the best thing to do is, is record it, get it out there. Because if you go kill a cop, if I go kill a cop, because he's doing something I but know that is wrong to wrong. another black man. Guess, guess who I'm not going to see anymore? Like my brother was saying, it's a system thing. So if I go kill a cop, guess okay. they ain't going to go. They ain't going to go. Well, you're defending another another black man, so you can go free. No, no, no. They're going to be like, yo, y'all, you get it? You up in jail for murdering a cop? And guess what? I ain't going to see my family no more. Tupac shot a cop defending another black man. He went to jail, convicted. This is this is did he go to jail for the this is before his career took off. He got out and still had lived his life after being exonerated. Huey P. Newton killed the cop before he started the Black Panthers. And he went on and still had a prominent life. You can't state that because we have examples of history of black men that defended it's other it's black men funny. and went on with their lives. We can do this. You you just, think you gonna you just because you got a group of people that have that faith? Don't, don't if you ain't if you ain't if you ain't ready, don't jump off the porch. If you're scared, go to church. It ain't it ain't about being scared, but you over here talking about 
you all are talking about some people being successful at doing it. That doesn't mean you're going to be successful at doing it. That doesn't mean you're going to get out. That doesn't mean you're going to get out. You over here talking about at one point in time, you're talking about, you're talking about, a hey, uh, 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 you were talking about a percentage of, of black cops. Well, right now you're talking about a percentage of people that got away with, with, with doing that to cops. Would you think you're going to get away with that? No, this is why I was saying that we need open carry organizations like the Black Panther so that we have a presence there so that the cops know that they that black men will and men and women will be defended and that you can't just come out and shoot a man 20 times in the back like you did in Los Angeles two days ago and the people sit around and watch. So, this hey, is it's, just a, it's a presence letting you know, hey, we're watching you. And we are policing you also. So follow the laws and, and do what you are supposed to do. Or we are going to do what we have to do to defend that black man or woman. Your camera doesn't do that? Your camera doesn't show the I'm wrong? I mean, you no, wouldn't even know about, about you, you, you wouldn't even, and you wouldn't even know the camera about the Blake if it wasn't for uh, a camera. Information right? is one thing. Right. We like knowledge. This is what I think. Um, I don't think I think that both you guys are sharing things that are uh, equally true. Um, I think that defense is important. And I think that us learning how to utilize firearms as black folks is important. I do not necessarily believe that the only self defense you can revert to should be to utilize your firearm. For example, in the case of George Floyd, I do not believe that one of the civilians should have pointed a firearm at the police for him to get his knee off of his neck. I do believe that instead of pulling out their phones though, they should have actually approached the police officer. Now, if I actually approach the police officer and I'm asking you to get off of his neck and we all go as a community to approach him, if I get shot doing that, I'm willing to die for that. Personally, I am because in that moment, it's, it's no excuse for you to shoot me and you are literally on this man's neck and he is dying. And as three folks with phones, we are moving closer to you to attempt for you to get off of his neck. If I get gunned down for that, I'm going to just get gunned down for that. Hopefully somebody get it on their phone because I'm willing to die for that. I'm not willing to die for me pulling out my gun against the police officer, though, in that moment. Now I get shot because I did so in an attempt to defend that man. I think that that would have been a mistake. Um, with that said, though, I do think, think there are times, for example, in Ahmaud Arbery's case, he's jogging in a community. Had Ahmaud Arbery been, and he was in a legal, um, he was in a legal um, state in which you can conceal and carry. Had he been armed, turned around, shot all three of them, <laughs> and kept running, I would have been perfectly fine with that, right? Because they chased him down in their car. So in that case, I do think having a firearm and reverting to your firearm is the solution. But in the other case, I don't know if I would do that. And also the laws in guns today and gun control laws are different than what they were in the 1980s with the Panthers. Also much more of us, I would say today, in terms of legality to actually have firearms. 33% of us is in jail in our felons. So most of the people that actually are utilizing firearms 
are now convicted felons who can no longer use them. And there's not enough of us that are being proactive in actually going forth with the process to obtain a firearm legally, to have it for defense purposes. I think we do need to promote that more. I think more of us need to do that. But I do not believe that that should be your only default to defend yourself as a black person is a firearm. I think that that's wrong. I'll say that. I'll say that. You can't fight fire with fire. Yes, you can, because when they're using lethal force, what what other option do you have? You can't fought, You can't put out a forest fire with a bucket of water, and that's right. What and that's, when that, you and that's but, but that's what I'm trying to say. I guess is that. Give me a scenario. Give me a scenario, then I guess because. I'm saying that there are some times in which you can, but I think you have to be strategic. You cannot just go, I'm going to start pulling out my gun. Like You can't just go full Western movie on them. <laughs> so are you calling the cops? Are you guys calling the cops in any scenario? And if you are, give me a scenario where a black man in America 2020 today, you calling the cops. Ring, ring, a um, cops. Yeah, listen. Um, it's about making a report. I can't, I can't, I can't think of any reason why I would call the cops unless I'm reporting my action, or if I had to shoot somebody, if I had to do something, and I just had to call and make a report of of the occurrence. Then that's the only reason I see myself personally calling the police. What about you guys? Are you would you guys call the police? Somebody's breaking into your house. Would you call the police? What instance yeah, in, a police. Black, in America <laughs> where, where a black man called the police? Am I, calling okay. the police? In, in this scenario, am I armed or am I not armed? It's up to you. Armed or not armed? Are you calling That's the police? Though. That's important, though. Yeah, it is. Not, not armed. Not armed. If I'm not armed and, and somebody is in my house, like I don't think someone's in my house. Someone is actually broken into my house and I know they're in my house and I'm like quiet trying to call yeah. it. Right. This is the scenario. Yeah. OK. Um, man, do did I see the race of this person who broke into my house? Is this person? No, you white don't. They black all black. What's up? Oh you man, have no clue. Right. They oh, broke into your house. You hide it in the corner. You, you got a bat right there. You got a knife accessible. You, oh, I actually want to know why they so don't know you there. You got an opportunity to run over there and hide in the closet and call the police uh, or, or formulate a, a, your own attack plan. Do you do you call the police really and sit in the corner answer. and wait for the police to come save you, or do you? Do you go after them? Do you try to defend yourself and not wait for the cops to come save you? That's such a hard decision. I am I, never. I'm doing. I'm doing both. I'm not gonna let. I ain't gonna. I'm gonna call the cops. Let the cops know. Yo, yo, somebody's in my house. I don't know who it is. Blah blah blah. This is my house. And at the end of the day, the paperwork gonna show that this is my house. Y'all, like, I'm giving. Like, I'm going back to what I said. I'm giving myself a fighter chance. And then when that person's in front of me, if I got a bat in my hand, I'm gonna use my bat because there's gonna be a trace, a 911 trace that shows that hey, this guy called said that this is going on in my house and blah, blah, blah. There is a scenario of a woman. She called the cops. She called the cops and she said, hey, 
there is somebody in my house. And then all of a sudden, the, the person tried to um, walk by her. She, she said she was hiding in, in her bathroom. Black lady said she was hiding in her bathroom. And then the guy walked by. She, she shot the gun through, the, um, through her door. Boom, guy takes off running. Like, like, man, I ain't, oh, are you going to not call the cops? And then, then they can turn around and really pin it on you because you don't really got no evidence that really proves, like, you don't even have a little evidence to prove that, okay, like, like this was a form of self -defense. But you don't need evidence. They're in your house. What evidence Bro. do you need? You can murder Bro, you somebody need... within your, your household and get away Bro, with if, it. If, the if, you, if you scared... If you're scared you're that the cops ain't going to help you out, you better get all the evidence you can. I, I don't think that. Okay. I'm calling and I'm shooting. Like anything. You stepping you know, in my house? You know why uh, it's a just, hard decision? The reason why it's such a difficult decision is because the factors to me are so important because on one end, there are so many cases in which. Uh, your name is Yah, or is that your like just your screen name? Is your name no, actually Yah? Okay, yeah. Yah. Yah said he will call to inform them. But we know many cases in which the police are informed, and then they get on the scene, and they almost detain the person whose house it is because they have bias, subconscious mm -hmm. bias about you being black. Or they shoot you because they think you're the person. Um, but on one and hand, is gone. I think on the other hand, though, if you do not notify the police and you shoot this person in cold blood, it is it, it's like and, and they survive. Live. Let's say that they live. Now it's their story against your story. So to me, you would almost have to really like the only best bet that you have is you better kill that person because dead men tell no tales. And that's a harsh truth, but it's almost like that would be your only bet is you would have to do that. Like, if that's going to be your plan of attack, you're going to have to shoot to kill. Because if you don't, then at that point, in the event that this individual, let's say that they broke into your house because they were scared and trying to, like, get away from somebody. They're not trying to rob you. And you shot this person. They survived. And they told you that story. And they're not armed. And you went ahead and shot them. It's like, now the story becomes like, I don't know. It's like a hard story now. Or they say you invited them over. Or they say you yeah, invited them over. Lie. That's why I said and, if this and person lied about it. Important. And now you don't got no documentation that shows yeah. that hey if somebody in my house. I'm going well, you. I'm going to do this to them. They come over here. I'm going to do this to them. But you don't got no documentation because f the police. I, I don't trust the police. I seen what's going on in the world. And then you don't say nothing, and then you don't kill that person. That person turns around and flips it on you and be like, man, they told me to come over a couple days ago. I don't even know this person. That's not what, man. That's a hard decision, bro. I can't even lie to I want to hear you, Ronnie. We want to know Ronnie. I want to know Ronnie. I want to hear Ronnie answer. I want to hear Ronnie answer so bad. <laughs> man, you know what? It's an easy decision for me. It's very easy for me. There is no way in the world I will ever put my life in a police officer's hands as far as expecting him to do something for me. Now, people might call that ignorant or people might call that, you know, shallow. Yo, every cop isn't bad. You know, you know, every cop isn't against you. But 
I'd rather take my chances. Like, seriously, I, I haven't seen, you know, I've been through my own uh, traumatic experiences and run-ins with the police and, you know, bad things that's happened to me and unjust things that's happened. And I just don't feel no trust. I don't feel trust. I don't feel that anytime a police officer is called to a, a black poten potential black crime scene or something that's going on with black people, um, I just don't have the trust factor. I, I always feel that it, it could be t uh, twisted around on me, and you know they could, you know, I could end up being the the not the victim, but the person that's, you know, the the criminal. I just nah, don't trust. I to give you, I want to give you a scenario. <laughs> Let me give okay. you a scenario because okay. I, I need to because because. I, I don't think it's this easy. I hear you, though, but right. I don't think it's an easy decision. All right, so look. Boom. You hear you hear a crash in your window, mm -hmm. right? You live in a two-story house. You hear a crash in your window, your wife and your two kids. You got a daughter. You got a daughter and a son, uh -huh. right? They also are upstairs. Uh -huh. Your wife is in the room with you, and your kid's room is down the hall. Mm -hmm. You hear this. You are not armed. You do not have a gun. OK, so in this scenario, you are not armed because to me that that being armed and knowing the race of the person that's breaking your house make make a huge difference. For me <laughs> but in this scenario, you are not. OK. OK. What do you do? What? So you said that you wouldn't call the police. I want to know what you would actually do then, because to me, considering your children, your wife, that's this is you got to consider their lives, too, bro. If you're single. I think I can hear you more out on this being an easy decision. But when you got to consider your wife, your child, and the safety of them, it's, it's a harder decision. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and to me, it, it's, it's still an easy decision because mm. I trust I, I trust myself more than I trust the police. So Kobe gave an example, of, not of this, but something similar in the interview that he had. He said that uh, you could be hurt. You know, when the doctor tells you that, OK, you have a, a, a messed up quad, you can't walk on it for six or seven weeks. You know, it's it's that bad. You, you'll re-injure it. You'll you'll it hurts. You're in, in so much pain. But if there is a fire that breaks out upstairs um, and you you have that Achilles, a torn Achilles where you can't walk. I bet you if there's a fire that breaks up upstairs and your children are up there and your wife is up there. That torn Achilles is going out the window. That injured quad is going out the window. You're going to be bigger than the injury in that moment. Now, how I relate this to that, I just in that situation, I don't I don't feel that the police is for my people and I don't feel they're for me. So I, I, in that moment, it's hard to say on hypothetical situations, but I just feel in that moment, I will be more quick to trust myself than to trust to call the 911. So you tell you probably tell I you tell your wife, go get the kids and like go down the window. Right, like, and then you gonna try to deal with the dude one on one. Facts. There we go. I would, I would try right. to think of a scenario like that. Like, I trust myself to to make sure my family is okay. Whether it's some white officers who, more times than not, are not gonna have the best interest in my family. Are you calling them? Are you okay? I with that scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you wouldn't call them beforehand. Are you calling them after? I'm never calling them. I don't trust them. I, 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 I really, I, I really, well, if you shoot I, a person, you shoot a person dead in your house, dead in your house, you're not going to call. Them. I mean, <laughs> it's it's so hard to work off hypothetical. You you know in, like, that's what I was saying. I give you, I give you a real example that I seen myself calling the police. I didn't murk this nigga. I got to report it, and that's what I said. That's the only instance I seen myself. Calling the police is to report something like that. 
that I did that. I, I'm not going to that. Got, nobody died. I'm not going to I'm going to tell you I'm this. I'm going to come in my house. I'm sure he did. They're going to be all in my address. I have personal experience with this. Our storage unit got robbed at our old apartment unit. Mm-hmm. The police is investigating me. I, I told them that they robbed me for my tools that I stored in my storage unit. They're alluding to me that I had drugs or some type of other stuff in the storage unit, and that's why they robbed us. Are you sure you had tools? What do you have tools for? What do you know how to do, nigga? That's what they basically was talking about. At the same apartment, it was a we had a fire going on in our dryer. <laughs> One of our dogs ran back inside, so I had took my shirt off to cover my face to run inside to get the dog. The police show up before the fire department. I got my shirt off, tattoos and stuff. Four in the morning, the police are asking me, where's my ID at? They're asking me, who lives here? I say, me. Me and my girl. They're like, who's on the lease? We tell them us. They're like, you guys, let me see your ID. I'm like, the ID is in the house that's on fire. And it was a black cop at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you want me, you don't care about my house being on fire. You're trying to run my name because you don't feel like I can afford to live in this nice neighborhood. So now you want to see who I am because I can afford to live in a nice neighborhood. It's ridiculous. I'm going to give y'all a scenario. I'm going to give y'all a scenario. This is a real scenario. So, um, a person that I know, they were going to work early in the morning, going to work. On the way to their car, their neighbor comes out and the neighbor's barking, bark, 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 saying whatever, 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 right? That person goes, that go, person goes, hey, go back in your house. I ain't trying to deal with that. Like, like go somewhere with that. That neighbor decides I'm going to come across the street. And we're going to handle some business. Right. So the person I know put hands on the neighbor, like, like put hands on. Right. Neighbor, neighbor ended up having to get uh, the ambulance called on. Then the person I know. Called the cops and reported it. Would you do the same? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right there is it's a uh, your word versus theirs. So after you beat the dude up, you just gonna have to call and report it. Like, hey, I just beat this dude up, and that's why. Because if not, then he's running? gonna call, and then now it's his word, and now he, you're the defendant. It's the difference between being the plaintiff and the defendant. If you don't make the call, you're the defendant. Now you're defending yourself, and now you prove yourself. If you're the plaintiff, you're the one making the complaint, and and that's a big difference from the point of view as far as a legal standpoint. But isn't it the same thing if somebody walks in your house? No, it's you can legally kill somebody in your house. And you have that right. There is no murder for an intruder what, in your house. But what you're doing? So look up, look, look up the laws. You can you can murder an intruder in your house legally right. and get away with it. Soldier boy, hey, tell them did it. They broke in his hey. house and killed the dude. And everybody was laughing at him, telling the story on Vlad TV. But Soldier boy killed the dude, and he went on tour three months later. The the, the boy from New Boys, Ben J, 
They they bust in his house trying to rob him. He shot and killed the dude. Did he go to jail? He told his story on Vlad TV too. You can look up them both from Soldier Boy and Ben J. They both tell the story of how an intruder came in the house and they killed him. Yeah, so you can't say that. If they're inside your house, you can legally. Yes. In, in my personal experience, yes. I have had I have had bad run-ins with cops. As in, I got out my car and I put my key in the door, and the cops pull up around the corner and they take me to the crime scene. And they acted like I didn't live there. I have had real bad experience where I'm on a on a potential like murder scene, and there's like, oh, this party was shot up, and you the one that did it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they're like, you drive a Mustang? I'm like, no, I drive a red expedition. You got the wrong one. Where do you live? I live around here, but you didn't check my ID, which you have my ID in your hand. So I have had bad experience with cops. But also, I have seen the other side, too, where the cops in that scenario I gave you, the cops took the information and it wasn't a it wasn't a oh, well, you live in this neighborhood, black man, you know, and they took the information and they went about their business. So it is sometimes it. Oh, my gosh. You know, you got to like for me, like I said, I'm. I'm 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 just documenting. Whatever I can, I'm gonna document. But at the end of the day, like how Ronnie says, I, I will I'm not gonna be waiting for no cop. Like I ain't gonna be like call the cops and then you over here robbing my house. I got I already have I have two kids and a wife. I ain't gonna be waiting for you. I ain't gonna be waiting for the cops to come. Well, cops hurry up and come. Uh no, you you I'm gonna handle my business, but I also know that I have it documented. Whether it goes south on me or it doesn't, I got it documented that, hey, yo, hey, cops, somebody in my house, I'm about to handle my business. Hey, they may, they ain't going to make it out. Like my boy said, they no, they ain't making it out. I'm just letting you know right now, they dead. Like, <laughs> they ain't Indeed. crawling out. They ain't making it out. So um, when you guys come, make sure you bring the ambulance. Ain't no going to be no need for no, you to resuscitate them. Don't don't let them know what you're gonna do. Don't let them know what you're gonna do. Just just do what you gotta do. Don't let them know what you're gonna do though. In the event of it being a white intruder and you're calling the cops, I just don't see myself in no scenario that it's a white intruder and I call the cops and the cops don't automatically think it's me. Like I just I see that happening. If I call the cop, even if it's my house, if they see a white yo, person, they're gonna automatically think I'm wrong and I'm the intruder. Yo, is this recording, Caleb? Is this recording too? Before I say this. Yeah, all this is recorded. We live. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say this, but <laughs> I, will say, I will say I will say this instead. Just make sure whoever the intruder is, that he is officially deceased. Before you call, <laughs> that, that is all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna light his ass up. I'm I'm not shooting just to to, to subdue. I'm shooting to sure, take you out. Sure. But I'm saying that right, for your, well, also for your safety. Remarks, also for your safety. It's sure he's deceased. We, we gotta That's get out of here. Let's get some shout outs before we get out of here. Let everybody know what y'all doing. Where we can find y'all. You know, shout out to the Politic Forum. 
you know, for our, our live Roku channel. Shout out to HNS420, Tez, my right hand man. Shout out to Tara. Shout out to everybody that's been uh, rocking with us, you know, on the Politic and Forum with uh, the Politic and Podcast. HNS5000 was really good. Shout out to Yaja Kedit. And, and I, I like the, the lion, you know, the, the lion reference you made. I, I didn't know that you did that, man. I, I checked that out. And I, it's very dope what you do, man. So, yeah, shout out to everybody that's been rocking with us. Uh, I give a shout out to the Politic Forum once again for uh, pretty much putting me a part of the family, man. If you haven't checked out the Roku, you are missing out. You just you, you ain't even doing nothing with your life if you haven't even checked it out. Like that's for reals. So uh, shout out to Politic Forum. Shout out to um, Brand of Encouragement. Uh, shout out to man. We need it. I'm so happy that this is back, man. I'm so happy that this is back. It, it, it's exciting, um, and I really appreciate the opportunity. You brothers keep doing what you're doing. You guys have have you guys have expanded my mind and my my uh, perspective on things, and that's why I love getting on here. That's why I love listening to you guys. Like I'm going to put it in my head. Like, hey, shoot first, ask questions later. Word to brother Ronnie. <laughs> but I love y'all, man. And that's it. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say, man, uh, shout out to Caleb and uh, Politic and Podcast, man. I appreciate you giving me a platform to come on here with you brothers and to just speak about. Uh, different social issues taking place in our community. And just in general, man, um, I know you've been grinding for a long time. I've seen you through the grind. You've also been the homie to me uh, prior to, you know, um, even me getting fully acquainted with you. And I appreciate all the things that you do for our community and discussing these things. These topics are needed. Um, shout out to my the homie um, Antonio Bell. His movie just got... Uh, publicized on Netflix called Nigerian Prince. If you haven't gone to watch that, go and watch that. Um, shout out to Hope, Helping Homies Win the Podcast. My friend Tarek, um, myself, and Tony, we do a podcast called Helping Homies Win the Podcast. It's on Spotify, uh, Apple Music. Go and check that out. We discuss um, all different issues surrounding social problems and also different things that plague our Black men in America. And just also different things about talking about like journeys through life and walks in life and self-development in general. Um, shout out to Keyshot and Denny. Uh, he dropped a project last year. Um, this man is a activist. He's currently getting his doctorate degree at Howard University in African-American studies, um, particularly in concentration camps from the Civil War. Um, and he also is an artist. He's a rapper. He has a project out on Apple Music. It's called Communion. Go check that out. If you guys appreciate conscious rap, people such as Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, um, Boss, um, No Name, y'all enjoy it for sure. So go check that out. Appreciate you, bro. You can find me on Instagram, Mr. Underscore A Ball 22. On Instagram, that's Mr. Underscore A Ball 22. On Twitter, it's Pluto underscore three twos. Pluto underscore three twos. Appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, as our parents used to say, you know, stay safe. But, you know, that was a defensive mentality. Our generation, you know, is on the offensive. 
You know what I'm saying? We're no longer sitting back and waiting for things to happen to us. You know what I'm saying? We're going out and we're chasing the change that we want. You know what I'm saying? We're creating our own lanes. We all are creating our own our own platforms and, and blazing our own paths and doing what we can to to change the community and change the world. You know what I'm saying? Michael Jackson said, you want to change the world? Start with the man in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? And that's my favorite Michael Jackson, you know what I'm saying, song because it's just real. You know what I'm saying? You can't change the world. You can always change yourself. And then and by changing yourself, you change the influence that you have on the world. And that's how you change the world. Change the world. It changes with you. Um, stay dangerous, everybody, man. I know the cops out there killing us, man. It's crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? I can't tell you to, you know, what to do as far as dealing with the police. But, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, do what you feel like you need to do to protect yourself at all costs. And uh, check us out on all platforms. If you ain't downloaded that Roku channel, man, Politic and Broadcasting Network, enter that in the search bar, man. Download that Roku channel on all Roku TVs, Roku platform. Uh, we out on all every other major platform. We'll be back every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, Politic and the Podcast. What's really good podcast is back, you know, my, my boy Ronnie hosts that. Yajiket is on the cast with that also. So that's back. We're going to be killing with the content, man. So we, with Politic and, you know, we just want it to be a, a black-owned network that uh, spew positivity, you know what I'm saying? One of my, my favorite Malcolm X quotes is that I don't expect white media to paint a, a positive picture of black men. You know what I'm saying? And and that's my expectation and that's the reason why I do what I do. You know, it's just creating a platform for, for America to see black men in a different light and, and black people as a whole. So, you know what I'm saying? Politic in the podcast every every Wednesday. Politic and Roku channel out. Check us out. We out of here, man. Hey, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to get to it. We out of here. Yes, sir. Man. Man, that was.